Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're gonna say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. That's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Pittsburgh Steelers, welcome to a special edition of the post-game show, or as I call it, the knee-jerk reaction show, uh, after the Pittsburgh Steelers 31-28 last-second game-winning Chris Boswell, 53-yard field goal. I didn't think he could kick the ball that far, uh, but I have my wife as proof that sucker was going in. That looked like it might have been good from 57. With me again for the second straight week is Lance Williams. Lance out on the West Coast. Hope you haven't turned into a pumpkin yet. How are things with you? I'm doing well, Jeff. Just coming out of my Thanksgiving coma, numerous pieces of pie, copious amounts of turkey uh just one of those great eating thanksgiving weekends absolutely and the pittsburgh steelers it looked like they might have been in a little coma themselves to start the football game after what was a really good drive uh to open up the game with roethlisberger hitting six should have been seven receivers if justin hunter caught that touchdown pass um six different receivers on his way down to the opening score for xavier grimble on a fourth and one from the one yard line um, everything looked good, and then Chris Boswell misses the point after, and then you're starting to chase the score, as I call it. And uh, thankfully, the Steelers were able to kind of claw their way back. It was it was nip and tuck the entire time. But every time you thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to pull away, that they were going to put their foot on the pedal, that they were going to just really impose their will, something drastic happened. Whether it was a turnover on offense, but more often than not, and Lance, this is your specialty, it was the defense. That was a huge, huge letdown, giving up, you said copious earlier. We could use that adjective again or uh, verb. Copious amounts of big plays again, and several of those going for touchdowns. None were worse, in my opinion, than the, the two in the first quarter. Um, Artie Burns blew his coverage on his deep third on the wheel route to uh, Randall Cobb, and then the screen pass that goes for 55. Just atrocious defense. People want to talk about can the Steelers compete with teams like, you know, heck, some are saying the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC or the New England Patriots in the AFC. If the defense can't fix this, it's a moot point. Uh, Do you agree or disagree? And what do you think is going on? Well, one of the things I did over the course of this weekend was sit down and do a marathon on the program Stranger Things. And if you've watched Stranger Things, if you're a Stranger Things fan, The only thing stranger than this performance by this defense was watching the Denver Broncos fight the Oakland Raiders. This defense, it was really bad today. I mean, Devontae Adams, 82 yards. Williams, 69 yards. Cops, 58 yards receiving. Nelson, 11. Big plays of 55, 54, 39. Richard Rodgers, 25. That last drive, I mean... You're absolutely right, Jeff. If they can't fix this, and we talked about this last week when we broke this game down, that big plays were starting to creep up every single week. I didn't think it was a problem then because they weren't giving up multiple big plays in games. 
But when you give up plays of 55, 54, 39, 25, and the way they gave them up, it's an issue. And if they can't fix this defense, it's a moot point. Absolutely. And and the one thing that, that I don't understand, and it was kind of touched on a little bit by Chris Collinsworth, I hate saying that he actually sounded intelligent for once, but he did when he talked about, you know, like Ryan Shazier in the first, um, on that screenplay that went the distance, it never should have gone the distance yet. Um, Shazier was probably trying to, you know, get the, the, the rookie. I'm not saying he wasn't, he's not a rookie, but trying to get Hunley to force a mistake, you know, try to create a splash play as Mike Tomlin likes to call it. When in reality, um, I think that sometimes you just have to play, just play your defense. Don't have to do anything special. Not against a, my gosh, Brett Hunley. Um, this Steelers t- team, I, I said it after the game on our Twitter feed. I said one, one day, I'm not sure when, I could take a guess as to when I hope one day this team's going to put it all together. And what I mean by that is they're going to put together a good offensive and defensive uh, performance. But you know what? There is some good to take away from this game. Uh, And I think that falls on the offensive side of the football. You're seeing Ben Roethlisberger in the last two weeks really dialed in. Uh, He did throw two interceptions. One was tipped the other one was he was trying to force the throw to eli rogers but my goodness in the first half he had seven incompletions six of them were drops and the other one was an interception uh ben roethlisberger is playing tremendous football right now anyone that says he doesn't have the throws he doesn't have all those throws just go back and watch yeah antonio brown is a freak the the catch that he had um at at the uh, two yard line i believe which was before his second touchdown his first touchdown of the game uh, only one better is the catch that he had on the game-winning drive on the sideline. Just ridiculous, but those are ridiculous throws, too. So kudos to Roethlisberger. Lance, uh, what do you think about the offense, how it's kind of evolving? Do you see it going in the right direction, or do you think that even though they're producing more points, it's really not a, a good product? In fairness to this offense, and we've been critical of it this entire season, when you look at the third down efficiency, 8 of 13, 62%. Fourth down efficiency, one of one, a hundred percent, and three and three in the red zone, three of three, hundred percent. This is what we've been talking about, and they possessed the ball for almost thirty-four minutes of this game. And it's like you said, Jeff, if they could put everything together at once, it's a devastating football team. But but the silver lining in this game, it's like you said. The offense is starting to cook. It's starting to percolate. It's starting to bubble. 41 last week, 31 this week. This is what you want. Now, hopefully you get Joe Hayden back. It corrects some things. Since the ball is no longer playing, maybe that corrects some things. But, you know, there's still enough meat on the bone to where some serious coaching still has to be done and will be done and can be done because I think the players realize, you know, you're playing a backup quarterback at home. It has to be a little more comfortable than this. And style points do matter because championship teams dominate teams like the Packers. You're right. They do. I think, though, uh, 
I don't know. The, to me, the NFL, as unpredictable as it is, is also very predictable. Uh, when I watched Hunley get absolutely manhandled by the Baltimore Ravens defense in week 11, where they were shut out at home at Lambeau Field, I said to anyone that would listen, this kid's going to come back, and the Packers are going to come back on Sunday Night Football, and they're going to put on a good show. I think they're going to. I think it's going to be tough. And I tweeted this out right before the game. This could turn into an Indianapolis Colts type game if the Steelers come out and really screw the pooch early. And I think it started with the extra point miss. I'm not. I'm not hanging this game on Boswell. I don't want anyone to get that impression here. But what I'm saying is that the Pittsburgh Steelers certainly could have helped themselves more with just tackling. Go back on that screenplay, and I want you to watch Sean Davis. Just watch Sean Davis, number 28. It's embarrassing. Honestly, if, if I were watching that film with my teammates, I don't care if it's just the safeties, the defensive backs, or the entire team, I would be downright embarrassed. It's almost as if he didn't want to tackle the football. Um, they just need to do their, the basics. And now you have Ryan Shazier, who left the game with an ankle injury, came back and played. So did Vance McDonald a few weeks ago when he left with an ankle injury and still has yet to come back. So I, I hope the fans don't think that just because Shazier was able to come back in the game that it's going to be a guarantee he plays in Week 13 against the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football. But I'll tell you this. The Steelers are one of the most frustrating football teams that I can ever remember brimming with talent on both sides of the football. I'm sorry, but there's no reason why the Green Bay Packers should have pushed around that defensive front as well as they did in the first half when they're running the ball for six yards on first down. It's making Hunley's job so easy. They, they could do whatever they wanted on second and third down. You saw what happened in the second half when they were able to kind of put him in some awkward situations. Um, I hate to say it, but the the officiating was certainly an issue in my opinion, uh, whether it was the really poor uh, call on Artie Burns in the first quarter that led to the Packers first touchdown where they called him for illegal hands in the face was very soft. Um, some other obvious blatant calls um, just went as it's, it's an Ed hockey league group. Uh, I should know better, but still was still a surprise. Lance, what are some other knee jerk reactions that you have from the game, whether it's positives, minuses, uh, winners, losers, all, all that good stuff. Uh, what do you have? What, what are your thoughts after this game? Well, it's funny that you talk about when you said that anybody that I could tell that this was going to be possibly one of those games. Well, we already told people that. We told people that on Wednesday on a breakdown show, and that's why you guys got to listen. We talked about it. We talked about how going up against the Packers, although we both picked the win, that this is that type of game. This is that type of team. And, and, and this is the type of performance that we joked that we weren't surprised to see. I mean, again, anytime you're winning, it's a good thing. Style points matter. You have to win and correct. But it's like you said, it's dotting the I's, crossing the T's. It's the little things now. And it's stacking up not only wins, but positive plays, series after series and down after down and being really singularly focused on doing your job and doing the little things, getting guys to the ground, tackling, uh, choking off the running game. And that's one of the things we talked about when we broke the game down. You know, that was simple. You got to hit Huntley and you've got to choke off the running game. They weren't able to do some of those things early. He got into the rhythm and we saw what happened. But you keep winning. Just keep winning. Keep winning. Keep winning. Keep fixing and hopefully it corrects itself at some point. 
Yeah, but to your point, uh, and everyone always said it, Mike Tomlin started his post-game press conference with, it's such an awesome win for our team. Such an awesome win. And it was. I mean, they came back. They overcame three turnovers. But there comes a point in the season, and the Steelers are getting really, really close to this point where style points don't matter, but how you're playing matters. And there's, a, to me, in my mind at least, there's a distinct difference between the two. Style points, I don't care how you win, and as long as you win, but you can't play down to the level of your competition. You can't turn the football over as many times as Pittsburgh is. You're, you can't give up the big plays. If someone were to ask me, Jeff, I want you to write down the recipe for an upset in the National Football League, it would be simple. You create big plays when they're presented to you, you get turnovers, you don't turn the ball over, and you play a clean brand of football, meaning you minimize penalties and, and shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak. That dare, is I say, exactly... dare I say Patriot-like? Dare I say yes. Patriot-like? Yeah, I thought you were going to say a Plaxico Burris joke when I said shoot yourself in the foot. But um, anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, but no, seriously, Patriot-like. And that's something that um, Tony Dungy said after the game. They asked him about Belichick or, or whatnot or something. It might have been Collinsworth. Again, I hate to quote that moron. But still, Belichick knows that you can't you can't beat yourself in big games. You can't. You can't turn the ball over. You can't give up big plays. You just have to play sound, reasonably, you know, you play your game. Play a good, sound brand of football, and you'll be fine. This Steelers team on offense and defense is good enough to beat any team in the National Football League. I'll say that again. That includes the Patriots. That includes the Eagles. That includes the Chiefs. Any other team, the Jaguars, that they played them again, they can beat any of them if they clean up the way that they're playing the game of football. That's a big if. But they're getting close to that point, Lance, where all of a sudden it's saying, okay, they're teetering. They're teetering one way or the other. Is it going to be the Super Bowl contending team? Or is this going to be the AFC Championship of 2016 team that comes out and lays a complete egg? They look like they've never played football with each other. That's the question that needs to be answered. It can only be answered on the football field. And they're going to have two games, in my opinion, coming up that should be really good tests for them. Um, the Bengals next Monday night, and then the Ravens, which is scheduled for a Sunday night affair, could be flexed out, followed by the Patriots in week 15, which is a 425 CBS protected that game. That's not going to be moved. So what are your thoughts on the upcoming slate of games quickly, Lance? And do you think that this is going to be a good test for the Steelers, or do you think it's going to be more of the chalk it up to playing Monday mediocre quarterbacks? Not going to really tell you too much. Listeners, I want to apologize for Jeff. See, he's done a show with me for almost two years. So Jeff is sounding like me right now. And you know <laughs> Jeff is joy. So we're going to switch places real quick right now. And I'm going to be joy for the okay. few times I'm on this program. What have we seen in the last two weeks? Ben puts the cape on at the crib. When Ben is at home, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Patriot game is at home. Bengals are at home. Ravens are at home. Don't Bengals, be surprised. Bengals are on the road. Bengals are on the road. Just Bengals are on the road. I yeah. thought the Bengals were at home. That's right. They're on the road. The Bengals game will be tough because it's on the road. But those two games at home, I don't know what it is. Because two of those three games are at home and Ben putting the cape on at the house. 
don't be surprised if they mess around and win all three of those games. But the thing that, as much as the big plays are scaring me, the bigger thing is just Ben's Jekyll and Hyde stuff at, you know, on the road. I mean, that's the one thing that concerns me. But at the house, it just looks way different with Ben at the house. I don't know what it is, but I'm confident that him at home, he puts that cape on, and they can do it. And I, and I might be tempted to change my – I'm not going to say it right now. I'm not going to say it right now. Leave you guys in suspense. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, talking about Ben Roethlisberger at home versus away, he hasn't played that poorly away from Heinz Field. They just haven't thrown the ball as much. Uh, the last two games, I- I'd have to look up the statistics and see exactly what the run-to-pass ratio is. But I'll tell you this, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been throwing the ball a lot more they're having success doing it. This is what everyone wanted. When the Steelers' offense was struggling and it looked like every single drive was just one of those grinded-out, painful-to-watch drives, and you're wondering if they're even going to get to the red zone, you had that feeling, well, I know if they get there, they're not going to score anyways. Now it's morphed back into that 2016 team, kind of. We're on third and one. You're stunned if there's even a running back standing next to Ben Roethlisberger. They're empty set. They're going to throw it on third and one. So... I'd like to see a happy median between the two. Um, They kind of got to that in the second half where they used Roosevelt next a little bit more. I don't want them to be pass happy. I don't want them to be run heavy. You know what, you know this Lance, we've been doing this for a long time. I want a balanced offense because this team, this offense from an offensive line all the way down to their skill players is good enough to do both. And that's even with Chris Hubbard in the game. This offensive line, I thought did a great job today. Pass protecting, pass protecting, run Run blocking was eh, okay. Um, I think they need to pick their spots as to where they run, which side they run. Vance McDonald coming back will help that big time if he can come back for next week's game. But uh, a win's a win. Nine and two, the Pittsburgh Steelers are as they head into week 13, a Monday night affair against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati, that hell hole. And then um, after that, like I said, the, the Baltimore Ravens. But Lands, nine and two. The Jaguars lose. I want, kind of want to get your thoughts on this before we call it a show for the evening or the night or the morning, whatever time it is right now. Nine and two Steelers, nine and two Patriots. The next team is the seven and four Jaguars who lost today to the Arizona Cardinals. It's a two horse race. Am I right? Absolutely. Patriots or Steelers will be the one or two seeds. I think, I think that, that that's going to happen unless either one collapse unless either one of these teams suffer some catastrophic injuries at worst both of these teams finish 12 and 4 hey sports fans football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie my bookie is the industry leading sports betting website that offers real vegas odds on football baseball and all your favorite sporting events you can take a side the total or even fantasy points props my bookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. My bookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event, even esports. There's no better time to join my bookie than today. Go to my bookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code Champion when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. 
Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Yeah, you have to think that. I mean, that would mean that one of these, the Steelers and or Patriots are dropping two games down the stretch. And when you look at their schedules, I mean, look at the Patriots. They have at the Bills, at the Dolphins, at Pittsburgh, then Bills and Jets to finish it out. I don't see two losses there at all uh, for Pittsburgh. We talked about that at Cincinnati, home Baltimore, home Patriots, at the Houston Texans, and finish up with the winless Browns. I can't say that I see two losses there either. Um, it will be very, very interesting to see. But the Jaguars' loss moves them to 7-4 and four and compounded by the Chiefs losing again. They're 6-5. and five. My gosh, since the Steelers beat that team, they have just fallen off the face of the earth. Tomorrow night, or whenever you're listening to this, Monday night, the Ravens play. If the Ravens lose, they're 5-5. Five and five. Currently, they would be 5-6 and six and in a heap with the Bengals and the Chargers and the Raiders and all those other teams that would just be trying to claw their way into uh, possible playoff contention as a six-seed wildcard team. I just want to say this. This is what fans wanted. This is what they wanted. You wanted the chance to have a first-round bye. You wanted the chance for this Week 15 game against the Patriots to have a lot of meaning to it. And you know what? That's what you got. That's what you got, unless the Steelers completely crap the bed here in the next two weeks. So, Lance, any final words before we call it an evening? If you're on the West Coast, get one last turkey sandwich. That turkey <laughs> meat is no longer any good. The tryptophan and the turkey may kill you. That was yeah. Thursday. Get rid of the turkey. My wife did an awesome job. We took the last of our turkey and made some turkey chowder some turkey bacon chowder that's so tasty. I suggest you do the same and stay away from that leftover turkey. Well, there you go. That sounds really good. I will say this, folks. Make sure if you haven't, check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs leading up to Week 13. And check Lance and I out here on YouTube, on iTunes, on our Twitter account, all, all those places on Wednesday uh typically around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for the standard is the standard. It's our preview show for the upcoming week. Lance, as always, thank you for the time. We'll see you next time. Go Steelers, 9-2, and two, sitting pretty atop the AFC. Bye. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.